Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, the Go Low Pod is back. We are talking golf. Football is over. Well, at least the season is over. Transition into golf. Tigers tournament. Majors ahead. A lot going on. My guy, Jason Sobel, will join me every single week. You know, I, I like gambling on golf more than any other sport. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I hit Max Homa at 20 to or 21 to 1. There is no sport that has the ROI in gambling. There just isn't. I mean, I bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, it ain't the same. To win what I had to win to make the Max Homa money, I would have had to bet $2,000. I bet $100 on Max Homa and won $2,100. Can't beat it. I love gambling on golf. We will talk with uh, Sobel every week about the bets for that upcoming tournament. Obviously, the big ones. We have a lot of them upcoming. And we'll lead the show, for those of you new, just with some things that, you know, I'm fired up on things that are going on in golf. Obviously, the Netflix series, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, is coming out. Not exactly sure how I'm going to attack that um, because it all comes out at once. Maybe we'll do just things as I watch it, things I like. I don't know. Uh, that, that'll that be a fluid situation, but uh, we'll be reacting every single week to the world in golf. Last year, obviously, Liv was a big talking point this year. You know, they're kind of, they're not, you know, not playing right now uh, and on the CW. So we'll focus on the PGA Tour. And, uh, and, and yeah, so this is a uh, pretty straightforward. Here's what I need you to do. Two things. One, the, the go low pod will just be on the three and out feed. So you don't need to subscribe to a new feed. And two, we will do like the middle cough mailbag. We will do a mailbag on this show. It'll just be from the at 
GoloPod is the Instagram. I, I created a second Instagram account last year at GoloPod. I throw up some content up there. Very easy. Fire in those DMs. Subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the Instagram. I'll throw a bunch of content up this summer. I now live in Scottsdale playing a lot of golf. We will have video content moving forward. So at GoloPod, fire on to that Instagram. Uh, it's run by me and the team of me. So I will see every DM fire in those. Very easy to do. Before we dive into Sobel, let's hit on a couple things. I was at the gym today and I look up and Tiger Woods is talking. Obviously, last week during, uh, I think it was the second round of the Waste Management, he announced that he was going to play this week. First and foremost, that's awesome. Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. And I, I watched his press conference today. Immediately, take off my headphones, turn up the TV at the gym. And I I've watched every press conference Tiger has had over the last couple of years. I thought he was pretty negative at the PNC with Charlie about his plantar fasciitis. And I... You know, I watch, I'm pretty close to the Niners, and Eric Armstead, their starting defensive tackle at plantar fasciitis, he missed like over half the season, and he just couldn't do anything. So when Tiger, like sometimes, I don't want to say a drama queen, but he can play up some stuff. Obviously, he's had major injuries, so you never really know. But the way, if you watch him at the PNC, the plantar fasciitis, Tiger's a worker. He's a trainer, and with that injury, you can't really do anything. Today, watching him, very positive, very optimistic. Now, I think it's twofold why he's playing this week. One, he's healthy and he can, so why not? He's probably bored. He wants to compete. And he hit on that. Like, he's not playing these tournaments. I when he says I only play to win, I don't necessarily disagree with him or think he's being, you know, disingenuous, but I think he really at this point is playing to compete. Like, does he truly at his core believe he can win? Like, I don't know. But does he believe like he can make the cut and he can make birdies and he can compete with these guys? Hell yeah. So I I, I do believe him under that fold. I also think Tiger, like MJ, great businessman. I mean, elite. This is his tournament. He wants eyeballs on like he was on PGA Tour side, right? He's anti-lift. So the better they do business-wise, the better for him. He's got this new TGL thing, which I got no clue what it is. I know a lot of guys are joining have absolutely no clue what it is. Don't even really care. But Tiger's team PGA Tour, I'm team Tiger. So where he goes, I go. And where he plays, eyeballs come. And the tour is, let's face it, they're leaking some viewership uh, over the last couple years despite having a massive television deal relative to their sport. So him playing, I, I think, is also a, a business proposition. Now, big picture, the way I heard him talking, one takeaway I had, now, he didn't say this, but like, if my foot feels good this week, I'll see y'all at the players. Like, it's not, I'm just not four majors and out. If he's going to play this week, I think the players would be on the table. And then maybe some other big tournaments that are flatter. You know, the Memorial, never been there. Jack's tournament in Ohio, from all everything I've read and heard and watching the tournament, is a pretty hilly course. Obviously, the Masters is too, but, you know, he's gotten that one out. Uh, I think the players, never been there either. Pretty flat. Like, honestly, TPC, really flat. But he's never coming here. <laughs> like, this is, that ain't his vibe. Hell, Rory, great shape, perfectly healthy. He hates it. I mean, he'll never admit it, but waste management's not his vibe. Though, if Tiger showed up at waste management, that would be badass. Now, he'll never do it because Riv's right after it on top of the crazy fans. But good to have Tiger back. Good to see him in good spirits. 
That means he's healthy. But there's one thing about being healthy, and he was asked today, have you played four straight rounds? Have you played 72 holes You know, in a four-day period? He said, no, I have not. Now, a lot of it's like he's played 18 holes walking, but it, it's a little different animal uh, You know, in a tournament, assuming he makes the cut, and they're coming out guns blazing. It's him, Rory, JT. Like, that's a needle-moving group. <laughs> and when it's your tournament, like I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, I'm playing with – these are my two picks. And obviously, you know, this event being an elevated event, big money event, all the, the studs are playing in it. Very excited. Tiger Woods plays I watch. It's that's I'm pretty uh it's cut and dry for me as a consumer. Tiger Woods is on television, whether he's playing with Charlie in a cart or whether he's playing with Rory McElroy at Riv, I'm watching. And, and if you're listening to this, you probably are too. Uh one thing that's pretty clear on the PGA tour is three guys have separated themselves from the pack. Uh, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Rory McIlroy. Obviously, Scotty winning back-to-back at Waste Management. John Rahm, who's just been killing it. I mean, at one point in time, it looked like he was going to win three tournaments a row uh, until he kind of you know fell apart for his standards at Torrey Pines. And, and Rory, who's just been kicking ass and taking names really since last year. Like, they're the top three dogs right now. And I, I think it's pretty clear, the three of them. Here's the way I would describe them. Uh, Rom is the best player. Like if I had to have one individual win a tournament, I would bet on Rom as just the best overall player. I would say Rory is the best talent, and Scotty is just like one of the most unique players in recent memory. But I, I think all three of them, especially Rom and Rory, Scotty won the Masters last year. He's now won five tournaments. He's the world number one, even though the fucking OG dub OJ. OWGR is kind of irrelevant at this point in time, but it, it's pretty clear that those three guys, you know, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, like there's a short list of guys. You watch the, these guys play. They're the best players. And obviously these guys are winning the most. Uh, but to me, Rom, his floor is easily the highest in golf. You know, he, I thought the waste management over the weekend, especially on Sunday, way off solo three with ease. Scotty is just a shot maker. As someone who can't play a draw to save his life, like it's one thing, you know, people talk about Scotty, his feet are all over the place. Just watch him play on hole 14 at TPC, which, you know, I, I think is the hardest hole on the course. Uh, whether you're just, you know, a guy that plays a lot of golf like me or you, or whether you're a pro, I, I think it's the, it's the longest hole. It's uphill. It's typically into the wind. His second shot on Sunday, like around a tree out of the dirt, uh, was just magnificent. He's just a fucking baller. And Rory is just an all-time elite talent. Now, can Rory put it together in terms of like, to me, Scotty does not have to win a major this year. Like he's at the point now, like he's just a great player. I I'm not saying in his mind, that's how he's thinking because anytime you're playing at this level, historically non-Tiger or Phil or Jack, or I mean, there's a short list of guys, like you have a couple years to really, uh, you know, take advantage when you're on and maybe he just is on one of those two or three year heaters where you know this is when if you're going to be a three-time major champion you win it all within a four-year span but to me there's no excuse for rom and rory not to win a major this year i am going to bet rom and rory both to win the masters i've been saying since last year i think rory's going to win the masters but i also it's going to be hard to bet against john ron leading in the masters now here's the problem from a gambling perspective both guys are probably going to be around eight to one by the time augusta comes around uh, but it's fun to see the top dogs kicking ass and taking names. 
Here's the negative. And I'm not going to talk much about Liv right now because nothing's really going on. But I think you saw it at this tournament and you saw it a couple weeks ago. Like if you're a nerd, a golf nerd, and you follow like when Rory was in Saudi and he was him and Patrick Reed were kind of going toe to toe and Rory ended up winning. He hit the hit the putt on 18, the one where, you know, Patrick Reed got caught cheating. Even though if I wanted to push back, like he told him there was a line on the ball. They looked up and said it was the ball. Like I, I think there was some discrepancy there, but Patrick Reed always finds himself in that situation. It's one thing, like like Xander, I know he had an issue this week. His ball was in like an animal hole, and somehow it was right behind a tree, and then when he actually hit the shot, it was on the other side of the tree, so he had an open shot. Like, I'm sorry, Xander's kind of got the benefit of that with me. Patrick Reed clearly has incident after incident after incident after incident, but part of running a good sports league, whether it's individual sports or whether it's team sports, you need villains. You need people like... People, a, a wise man taught me this a long time ago when it comes to relationships. She's either going to love you or she's going to hate you. If she ever gets indifferent with you, she's done. She's gone. And we've all experienced that as we've aged. You've had relationships where it starts with love and then it gets rocky. But even when it's rocky, that's a powerful, that's a powerful emotion. When you start to get apathetic, it doesn't matter. And one thing the tour has a lot of, a lot of just happy-go-lucky good guys. Not a lot of people you go, I hate that dude. What a scumbag. You kind of need that. You know, you kind of need that. You know, in team sports, you get natural rivalries where I hate the guy. In individual sports, I kind of need a reason to not like you. And Bryson DeChambeau, not the most likable individual. Patrick Reed, constantly cheating. Sergio Garcia has been hated for like decades. Kepka, not exactly Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky. And all those guys play on live. And when you watch the tournament waste management, which is very unique, it's an easy thing to watch because there's 100,000 people there every day getting just sloshed. But I, I'm sorry, we, we miss those guys. Not necessarily, I don't need Bryson DeChambeau, you know, in the mix on Sunday. I just need him playing in the tournament. So him doing crazy shit. Like, I, it's nice having Kepka there. It's nice having Patrick Reed there pissing people off. And right now the tour lacks that. And the live to me stole all those guys, which makes sense. It kind of, you know, defines who, what Norman and the Saudis operation is. But I, I got to be honest, I, I, the waste management was the first tournament was like, I wish Bryson was here. I wish Kepka, who has won the tournament before. It's weird. Like I, I play out there a lot now and I, I didn't go, but like a couple weeks ago, they start, you know, it's basically been built up now for a month. They have a stretch kind of by the range of the former champions. And Phil and Kepka, obviously the tour runs it. Phil and Kepka's, you know, pictures were up. And it was like, God, it kind of sucks. They're not going to play. I mean, you go right down the street to Greyhawk, it's like a shrine to Phil. Like it sucks not having him around, even if he sucks now. It, it just is part of individual sports. I'm not a big wrestling guy anymore, though I was growing up. And I grew up like, Hulk and, and uh, Ric Flair and some of those guys were not really my generation. Mine was more like Stone Cold, The Rock. But those guys would always come around, even till I was like in college in like 2005. And I don't follow it anymore, but clearly like The Rock will make some cameos. So you, it's nice to have some of these older guys just make some cameos. Hell, Phil won the PGA Championship a couple years ago. So I listen, I, I know... I'm not some hater. I completely get why they did that. If you offered me $100 million, like I'm a capitalist, I'm a businessman, I'd probably leave too. But, and, and listen, as a golf purist, like I miss watching DJ play. 
He's not the most entertaining individual. He's not going to say crazy shit, but he's one of the great golfers of his generation. And obviously, Cam was one of the up and coming talents. And they're all, you know, Joaquin Neiman. They, they just is there is their tour going to matter that much? Probably not. Am I going to watch it on CW? Of course not. I, I think they made a, a devastating, dumb, archaic decision going to the CW. Stay on YouTube. Like you, you see on YouTube, YouTube draws a lot of eyeballs. It's an easy one. Like I'm not turning it to the CW. Just stay on YouTube. But in their mindset for advertisers, a lot of advertisers run by older people, even though I think that's starting to shift. I know because I'm in the digital space and I see the cash flowing. Uh, so I, I think that was a dumb mistake. But when you run by a 67-year-old guy, it's very important for him to be on TV. It's like, Greg, fucking stay on YouTube. But I miss those guys because of what they brought to the tour with all the other guys. And uh, on a more positive note, I'll end on this before we dive into Sobel. Two things that really stand out to me right now are two guys that are getting their swag back. And one is just one of the more universal stars in golf. Like, beside like Tiger and Phil, most golfers like Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, even Jordan Spieth, they're known in the golf community and sports fans know, but they're not like casually known by everyone, like Steph Curry or Tom Brady or Derek Jeter, right? And I think Ricky is one of those unique guys because of the way he was marketed. Now, for a long time, people talk shit about Ricky because he was his marketing outweighed his his results, though his talent was pretty high. Like he was finishing top five in majors, won some big tournaments. I think he's won at waste. He's won the players. He never won a major, but he I think he's T three at every single one. He's been top top two at multiple. Might have been T two at all of them. Definitely top five at all all the majors. So he's had an incredible career. He's a fantastic player. Clearly kind of lost it. And one of the most relatable things uh in professional golf, like in basketball and, and football and baseball. You usually don't just lose it at 30 and then get it back at 33. Partly because you'll get cut, you'll get run out of the league, you'll get replaced. In golf, once you have enough success, there are certain thresholds, right? Career earnings, you win some tournaments, you get sponsors, exemptions. Like there's no, when I can't run anymore at running back, a team just gives me a sponsor's exemption three years later to like play the month of October. That doesn't happen. So Ricky and Jordan, two guys, obviously Jordan's accomplished more, but Kind of fell in some hard times. And anyone that plays golf, the most relatable thing is you could have one good round, whatever you are. If you're a five handicap, one day you shoot 75, and two months later, you're struggling to break 88. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And for these tour guys, guys that can finish T5 in majors, and then they can't make a cut. And that is their equivalent to us normal people. So it's it's cool to watch guys bounce back. Obviously, he played really well at the waste management. I mean, his last two tournaments... T11 at the Farmers, and T10 at Waste Management. Now, he's a West Coast guy. He has a lot of, you know, he's played both those tournaments a lot. But it's pretty clear, like, just the eye test. He's hitting, the, his swing looks dramatically better. And he's just an easy guy to root for. Like, who doesn't like Ricky Fowler? Another guy who's probably a little more nerdy golf is Jason Day. I've always liked Jason Day. An all-time elite short game. Former world number one. He's won a major. He's won 12 times. Like, he's really accomplished. Like, Ricky's won five times in his career. Jason Day's double that. So, to watch a guy that his last three tournaments, T18, T7, and fifth, I like him this week. I'm going to put a little cash on Jason Day. But I really enjoy in, in this sport, because it's not even possible in team sports, because you get cut and you get run out of the league, watching elite guys 
lose it, go in the darkness, and then just grind, clearly, because you don't really see it, and then resurrect their career. Maybe a new swing coach, maybe a new tweak, something here, maybe go from a draw to a cut, maybe change some you know, short game element. I don't know. It's it's hard to truly quantify certain guys. With Ricky, it's clear. Like, Ricky's swing looks way better now. Jason Day has talked a lot about it. Plays this butter cut off the fairway and is much more accurate. And he's had some back injuries, and his short game is going to translate. Like, Jason Day's winning. And anytime you can get Jason Day 40 to 50 to 1, like, he is an incredible bet for a guy with serious win equity. So, uh, let's keep this Golopod going at Golopod on Instagram. Fire in those DMs, and let's let's talk to Sobel. We are back, live, active, in charge. The PGA season has actually been going for a while, if you count the fall, but no one really does. The the, the season, in my opinion, got started a couple weeks ago at Tory and really launched at. Uh, some might say my new home course, TPC Scottsdale. Sobel was there roaming around, talking to the people, talking to the players. Jason Sobel, golf extraordinaire, gambling extraordinaire. What's going on, bro? John, so good to be back with you. I feel like I'm your side piece. You finally like got away from the wife who's the NFL and football season. And you go, oh, what else is around here? Oh, I can just talk to Sobel about golf until the NFL comes back. So I- I'm so happy to just be sitting here i've sat here for the last few months just waiting for you to call me so i can come on the show and i finally got the call i'll be honest i tell people this all the time i like golf my relationship with golf is so much different football because i can play Mm -hmm. and i'm you know at my moments not bad i I don't get to go to lambo now if 50 million people as they watch the playoffs watch golf i I would gladly pivot (laughs) you know but there's just the power of the NFL. I get it. But this is my true love. You know, this is my my true love. And my gambling, you know, to, to speak about my two true loves, I, I hit Max Homa at Torrey Pines. I put 100 bucks on him, one twenty one hundred. Well done. So I had 2200 in my account. And I said, well, I'll put 200 of those on Max at LACC. You know, it's kind of the Matt Fitzpatrick of last year, right? You all, and the rest the, of the world. All the steps. Yeah, Max is going to be yeah. even money for the U.S. Open pretty soon. But everyone did it with Fitzpatrick, and he won. Yep. So I did it with Max. Yep. And then I took the other 2K, and I threw it on my friends with the San Francisco 49ers, and I waved goodbye to that thing. Mm. So uh, we, we, we got a battle back. Uh, what's going on, man? How's how's life? How's uh, the tour? Life is great. On? Tour's been good for the last month and a half. Uh, out in Phoenix, as you mentioned, at the WM this past week, I, I was able to get a little work done in between – uh, hanging out in the suites at 16. I went, I went to like the backstage of the suites, which people don't even know. There, there is a, a, a suite that's so far beyond the scenes at 16 that it overlooks 15. Like it is so far. Who was, it, who was in that? Who was in I, that? I, I hung out with a very prominent NFL coach. Uh, well, where he was, uh, making some bets on guys coming up 15 with a Thunderbird and I was helping him win every bet off the Thunderbird. Oh, can I give up the name? I don't know if I can. Yeah, give him the come on. Mike, I mean, it's, my new it's best, waste. my new BFF, Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans, great guy, loves golf. He invited me to come to Nashville and play golf with him. I don't think that was a real invitation, but I'm at least going to tell everyone that Vrabel invited me to come play golf with him. He's not going to follow. Through. You're telling me Mike Vrabel was holding it down at the waste management? Yes, very much so. That's very on brand. I, I would have guessed. I would have first guessed Bruce Arians. 
Obviously, Arizona yeah. guy. I think he was there. Yeah. Uh, but Vrabel, I know he's not necessarily coaching anymore, but Vrabel would be high on the list of guys shotgunning beers at hole 15 with the people. Yeah, no shotgunning, but he was definitely having himself a good time, and we were hanging out. He was with a few friends that I knew and mutual friends, and we just started hanging out, talking golf for a couple hours on Saturday afternoon. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Again, we're so far inside of 16 that we're over overlooking 15. It's so funny. You get like, hey, let's go here, then there, then there. And now we're not even we're we're like 800 yards behind the 16th hole now that we're just watching 15. Um, he was cool. I ran into Michael Phelps, who is a golf nut, and he is firing. Yeah. So he loves a little action. So me and him are gonna talk action pretty soon. And we're gonna hopefully get together. All these people that now have my number, and I'm like, yeah, we'll get together. We'll do all these all the famous celebs that like on Saturday, the WM are like dude let's hang we're best friends woke up on monday morning and they're like whose number is that i'm not calling this guy so i i made friends yeah, i mean you know five tequila shots by noon I mean, on a friday or saturday gets a lot of people talking yeah. do you think it was extra did you feel the a lot of nfl people out there because the super bowl i saw adam schefter roaming around yep, and yep hung out with shefty and uh and boog uh around the golf course a little bit uh, yeah there were a lot more people they the pro-am list was awesome. I mean, we had guys everywhere. We had Collins and I do our show, as you know, two to four Eastern time, which was noon to two out there. I listen. 17, 17th T box, which is actually better for the show than 16 because 17 during the pro am, these guys have to wait for 15 minutes because it's a drivable par four. So they're sitting there literally doing nothing. Hey, come on over and talk to us. In two days of two hour shows, we had 27 guests on. And I mean, I'm not talking about like uh, we had on like some guy from the tournament who does this. It was like Albert Pujols and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Larry Fitzgerald. And like, I mean, you knew everybody that was coming on our show. It was awesome. It was so much fun. We go back to back weeks with two of the better par fours in all of golf, right? The whole 17 at TPC and then whole 10 at at Riv. I, I've never played Riv. Uh, Got to meet some more famous people to get an invite, mm. but I, I think 17 at TPC is one of the probably the coolest holes on the tour. W where does that rank for you? So, yeah, first of all, 17 last week is a really cool hole. 10 at Riviera is awesome. I can tell you that uh, a few years ago, this is probably 10 10's, hard, 10's harder. 10's right? much harder. You 10 is much harder. Um, that Just the green complex, the narrow green where you're, you know, you really have like no margin for error at 10, but it's a great hole because you can make birdie there. You can make double there and there's not much difference between the two. There's a razor thin margin between making birdie and making double. I can tell you that about four or five years ago, uh, it was the week I was covering the farmer's insurance open on Monday. There was media day for uh, the Genesis invitational and tiger was going to be there. And so I said, yeah, why don't I just fly into LA Talk to Tiger, have some lunch in the Riviera Clubhouse, and I'll go, go out, play 18 at Riv, and then I'll drive down to Torrey Pines. That seems like a pretty nice start of the week. Well, what happened that day? Torrential rain in Los Angeles. Sorry, guys. We've got to shut it down. Can't go out on the course today, but hey, enjoy the salad. Um, you know, so we sat there and had lunch and then then had to had to leave. So I, I am 0 for 1 in trying to get onto Riviera. So I'm right there with you. Never played it, but yeah, the 10th all is. One of my absolute favorites. I've spent hours at that golf tournament over the years, just hanging out at number 10 and just watching guys play it because you can play it so many different ways and they have, and they will keep trying to figure it out this week. It's uh, it's one of the best holes out there. Really? 
Well, I have to pull up the schedule, but I would imagine this is one of the better 14-day stretches on, on tour, right? You know, starting Monday last week to Sunday going to Riv. Obviously, you're on the grounds when it gets announced. Guys are on the, you know, playing. Tiger Woods is playing. You know, he's pretty secretive, so it's not like one of those things that probably starts making the waves. When the new, when he tweets it out, I'm playing. What was your reaction talking to players? What, what was their reaction? Uh, and does a guy have a chance? I had heard some rumors that it was coming. Um, didn't know anything definitive, but yeah, Friday morning in Phoenix, we we got that news. I was actually doing a podcast this morning with my buddy Ben Everell that I do a Links and Locks podcast with the Action Network, and Ben works for the PGA Tour. He was actually following Max Homa's group on Friday, and he was out there with him when he saw the news that Tiger was playing this week, and he pulled Max aside and said, hey, by the way, Tiger's back next week. And he said Max's eyes lit up. He goes, dude, that's so awesome. I'm so happy. He said, I don't care. We're all going to get together and carry him up those steps uh, beyond the 18th green if we have to. We'll get him up there. But it's just awesome to have him back. So uh, I thought that was really cool. As for Tiger's chances this week, look, I look at this as this is a preseason game. It's a spring training game for Tiger Woods. He talks so often about needing reps. He hasn't played an official event since last summer's open championship he hasn't played a non-major since november of 2021 i mean it's been a long time since tiger has been able to just go to an event and essentially i don't want to say not care about it not care about the results he always cares about the result he wants to go out there and play well he doesn't want to embarrass himself but look you don't show up at the masters and say you know what i'm just gonna show up get some reps and knock it around a little bit you show up going i want to win this thing well he wants to win this week, but it's more about what this means for the future. And so I love the fact that he's playing. Um, if anything, he's more of a fade for me this week than anything else. I'm I'm not betting minus 300 that he's going to miss the cut. By the way, that number went, and I was talking to Jeff Sherman, who's the VP of risk for Superbook Sports. That number went from minus 150 to minus 175 to minus 250 to minus 300 within five hours at their book on Friday afternoon. That means there's a lot of big-time money betting Tiger to miss the cut. I'm not jumping on it at minus 300. Minus 150, I might have been there. The over-under is 73.5 for the opening round. I have a little inside knowledge. Uh, someone may have dropped this on me that uh, tea time should be out. So by, by the time this pod is posted, the tea times will be out. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not really giving anything up, but I believe he's playing with JT and Rory, and even more surprising is that I believe he's playing Thursday afternoon and then Friday morning. It's cool, chilly, tough out there in the mornings. I would think that he'd want to go out Thursday morning and then rest up and be able to have some time in between the two rounds. I actually don't necessarily hate the under now that he's playing Thursday afternoon instead of Thursday morning. I think it'll be a little bit easier out there, but still, I mean, this First competitive round in a long time. Let's keep expectations at a minimum. Quite honestly, at the juiced up prices they have right now to fade Tiger. I'm not really fading them. I'm certainly not betting them. I'm just going to enjoy it this week. Yeah, I mean, I think last time we saw him with Charlie, you know, anyone, a lot of people to listen to this, you know, follow the NFL pretty closely. The plantar fasciitis is something that knocks guys out for a long time. So to me, for him, I know it's his event, but to play in this, clearly his foot, the pain is doing a lot better. And like he said, the only way to make it go away. And I saw Eric Armstead had this with the Niners is just kind of rest. You know, you just kind of got to stay off it, which is 
the opposite of the way Tiger operates. We, you know, got this Navy SEAL mindset. He always wants to train and work out and play golf. But, you know, I would imagine that has changed over the years. Okay, let's dive in. You, for those of you new listening to the pod, actionnetwork.com, follow him on Twitter, at Jason Sobel, I-T-A-N. And he puts out a weekly gambling, um, just a, a full-on breakdown of picks for all different levels, not just outright winners, which can be hard in golf, but top 10s, top 20s, top 50s, top 30s. Uh, DFS plays y- your pick this week. I-, I thought, you know, was, was followed with data and you know, it's what many say has been the best player over the last, you know, year and a half. You could argue there's two other guys, Rom and, and Scheffler, but make your case for Rory McElroy. Yeah. So John, I started doing this research last week where I, I was looking for something to separate Scheffler, Rom and Rory. Basically you look at the three of them, they're the three best players, at least on the PGA tour, if not the three best in the world, you know where I'm going with that. Uh, Cam Smith's pretty good, too, but I'm going to keep him out of the equation as far as uh, playing this week is concerned. Uh, but I'm trying to, I'm looking for some sort of uh, differential, something to separate these three guys. And so I went back since the beginning of last year. Scotty Scheffler has now won five times. Now, there's a correlation between those five that I think a lot of people wouldn't realize. Quite honestly, I didn't realize it myself until I started doing the research. But all five of those wins came when Scotty had the previous week off. He has not won when he's played the previous week. Said, okay, that's pretty interesting. Other than that, top 10 percentage, average finish, they're about the same. But those wins, all five on one side of it, that's interesting. I went and looked at John Rahm. John Rahm has won five times around the world since the beginning of last year as well. All five of John Rahm's wins came when he was off the previous week. Doesn't mean he's terrible when he plays the previous week, but only three top 10s in seven starts when he's played the previous week and his average finish goes from 11 and change to 20 and change. That's a pretty big difference. Now I went and looked at Rory and from the first two guys, you might think, Oh, well, all these top players, they play better when they're rested and when they can prep and when they haven't played the week before, Eh, not so fast. Rory's numbers were pretty different. In fact, he's played 15 times coming off a bye week we'll call it. And he's won twice. Played nine times, having played the week before. He also won twice. So the win percentage is much higher when he's played the week before. Top 10 percentage, way higher. He's finished top 10 seven of those nine times. And his average finish is twice as good when he's played the previous week. What does that tell us? Maybe Scheffler and Rom, maybe they're prepping a little bit better than Rory. Maybe they're getting their mindset right. Maybe they just like having that time off. Rory seems to need that time inside the ropes the previous week, whatever the case is, that's a specific trend that I'm looking at this week. And it's one of the reasons that coming off all three of those guys playing last week in Phoenix, I really like Rory as, as, uh, instead of the other two guys at this one at the Genesis. Safe, safe to say last last week, obviously for Scheffler and Rom. Rom, I mean, this is a home track for him at Waste Management, Arizona. He balled there since he was in college. Scheffler, you could put him on the moon. His game would not change. Rory, a little more of an elitist crowd. You know, L.A. probably fits his vibe a little more yes. than the than the uh, drunken crazies. That that is fair to say. I will say that I didn't spend a whole lot of time with Rory last week, but the little time that I did spend with him, I just got an underlying sense that wasn't really his thing. Now I give Rory credit; he is part of this committee with the PGA Tour that pushed for the WM Phoenix Open to be a designated event. So once you do that, you sort of have to show up. 
And I like the fact that he's thinking about the greater good and not just himself. That said, you just got a sense like it's just not really his thing. And he's kind of looking ahead to other events. He had only played once before. That was two years ago. It was still during COVID when they had limited attendance for those events. And so uh, I just don't think if this was not a designated event this past week, you would not have seen Rory at TBC Scottsdale. This one at Riviera, much more a Rory McIlroy type of place. One guy started vibing over the weekend, and you know he he's been a little off, but you know this is going to mean a lot to him. Tiger's his guy, short game type course. Obviously, you got to hit it long. Like you, we were talking before, everyone hits it long now. What about JT at fifteen to one? You know, I, I know this history here is a little hit or miss, but it feels like you know maybe find a little form starts getting dialed in. Feels like you know he's a guy that's getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah. That those three guys, yep. in his mind, he's every bit as good as those guys. Whether that's true or not, like he believes that, right? Love JT's game. Look, there are a lot of guys that you could ask me. Hey, what about JT? What about Finau? What about Homa? What about Shoffley? What about Morikawa? What about Cantley? I can quite honestly uh, ride the fence and say. Yeah, I like all those guys. I like all those guys every week. I like all those guys at Riviera. I can envision any of those guys winning this week. At some point, you got to take a stance and just go, I don't know. I like this guy a little bit more than that guy, and so I'm going to take him. But, you know, it's very hard to separate all these guys from me. Justin Thomas, I think, is, I don't know. If he's not number four in the world on the PGA Tour again, uh, throwing in that Cam Smith wrench, which, you know, kind of, makes things a little more difficult, but uh, JT to me is a top five talent in the world, even if the official world golf ranking number doesn't show it. Uh, and for me, those top players can win any place, anytime. Certainly wouldn't surprise me to see JT win this week, just because it wouldn't surprise me to see JT win any week. He's that kind of talent. At some point, he's going to assert himself at a few more of these. And yeah. instead of saying, well, Scheffler, Rom, Rory are the cream of the crop and they've separated themselves, we go... How do you leave Justin Thomas out of that mix? Because he does have that kind of talent. He just hasn't quite won as much as the other guys over the last year and a half. Uh, speaking of one of the guys you mentioned, odds are a little high for me. But to me, if you can get, I've wasted a lot of money over the years on, on fee now. Yeah. But to me, uh, at some of these bigger tournaments, if he's hovering more like the 20 to 25 range, he's kind of proved, you know, he he's more confident now to win tournaments over the last year that he's proven that he can shut the door that before like at 16, 17 to one, I don't know about that, but if I can get him at 25, 28 to one in some of these, like that's pretty good value for a guy now that I think you can use the words win equity. Yes. Right. Because he has one. I like Fino. Look I, again, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I like him. I like him every single week. You know, if you told me like, Hey, you could have Tony Fino. Every week this year, you want to take it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I'm going to, if I do that, I'm going to win two events at least. And I'm going to hit him on outrights. But I am saving Tony. If if I can only bet Tony Fee now at one Los Angeles-based event this year, hint, hint, I am taking him at the other one that we'll see in about four months from now, if you get what I'm saying. I, if we can get him at like 25 to 28 to one range i in you know hopefully you'd have to play kind of poorly leading up to that I, I i'm with you there john let me tell you i i just want to break that by the way and, and for those who don't know i'm i'm speaking about lacc which will play host to the u.s open in june this year and i know a lot of people still think ah u.s open you gotta keep it in the fairway you gotta hit greens uh tony's kind of a big hitter look at the guys who have won the u.s open in recent years bryson dechambeau 
Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, Gary Woodland, all big, strong dudes. Essentially, what happens at a U.S. Open, no one keeps it in the fairway. Everyone's hitting from the rough. You've got to be big and strong to hit it out of the rough. Tony's played well in L.A. before. I think it's a great Tony Finau type of track if, indeed, he's playing his best golf come June. So, uh, again, doesn't mean I don't like him this week. I still like him this week as well, but I'm going to wait on Tony until we get to the U.S. Open. Well, even Fitzpatrick last year added length yes. to his game, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. A, a guy that I brought up just because he's been, it, it's cool to see. I mean, him and Ricky, but Jason Day is a guy with more win equity than Ricky historically. His game, you know, the last three tournaments, T18, T7, 5th. I know he hasn't played well here, and you're trying to shoot me down on this, but he's a guy, short game's unreal. Feels like he's much more just in the ballpark now off the tee, playing that butter fade. Feels like from a mental space, a lot of positive vibes coming from Jason Day. I know you don't like him here. I'm going to dabble, but just big picture. I mean, is this a guy that you see winning this season? Yes. Because he's a guy that, you know, with win equity from 35 to 50 and to 1, he's going to hover in that range. Yes. Former number one player in the world who at times looked invincible as a number one player. You go back and look at Jason Day's record in the summer of 2015. You're like, oh, my God, that's there were like tiger like numbers. Granted, it only lasted about three, four five months, but he was unbelievable for a time. And so, yes, uh, you know, whether it's family stuff, whether it's just sort of losing your swing, changing coaches, there's a lot of things that have happened to and for Jason Day over the years, but he's certainly back right now. I am not going to be on Jason this week, as I mentioned to you before we started recording here. He's played the Genesis Invitational five times in his career. He's only made the cut twice. Nothing better than a 62nd place finish. He's only broken par in three of 14 rounds. No thank you on Jason Day this week. No thank you at 40 to one. Once he gets up to, let's call it maybe 50 to one, 55 to one, where I can get him at maybe Bay Hill or the Players' Championship. Now that's where I'm jumping back on Jay Day. So I do like him long term. I do think he wins something this year, but I'm going to be off him this week. Love a good long shot. I know you do too. Hit me with a couple. All right, let me start you off with a guy that's... Uh, I know Taylor Montgomery has gotten all the pub as being the best rookie so far, and he deserves it, although he's kind of lost his game over the last few starts. Thomas Dietrich came over from the DP World Tour, and I know a lot of people don't know much about him, but he's made eight starts. He's a veteran. I mean, he's been playing the DP World Tour for a while. He's never won there, but he's got nine top three finishes. The guy keeps coming close year after year. He's played eight events so far this season. He's made the cut in all of them. He's at four top 25 finishes. I don't know that he's ready, especially not having ever won on the DP World Tour, to go win a PGA Tour event, especially a PGA Tour event of this magnitude with this many good players. But he's 180 to 1. At just the top 10, top 20 value that you have there on Dietrich, I think he's a really smart play. Sixth on the PGA Tour and scrambling. He also mashes it off the tee. I really like that. Uh, a couple other guys, Wyndham Clark, who's been playing fantastic. There's one uh, one book that's got player market bets, essentially over-under for their finishing position. Wyndham Clark's finishing position over-under is 52nd over at Bet365. I, I look at it and I go, 52nd? He's finished better than 52nd in each of his last seven starts. He's much better than that. Seven, seven, to, one, seven to one to top 10. Give me that all day. This week. Yeah, I, I do like that. He was 10th. Last week is second top 10 in his last four starts. And then uh, 
Christian Christian McCaffrey's good buddy, Wyndham Clark, as well. Oh, okay. I saw Christian McCaffrey together. I saw him walking through the suites at 16 the other day. By the way, like with 25,000 people around 16, like Christian McCaffrey walks past you, you do not point at him and go, that's the best running back in football right there. He's like, I don't know, there's some dude that walked past me. So, yeah. This doesn't sneaky. Doesn't look like <laughs> sneaky. Uh, I got one more name here. How about Alex Noren, who's played some good golf at Riviera oh, over the past year? Love Noren. I went and looked at the last sixteen tournaments that he's played in, where they've measured strokes gain stats. Fourteen of them, he's gained stroke strokes putting, and, and in a lot of circumstances, like it's like he's gained a lot of strokes putting for a guy who's been known as a ball striker. We've seen his hands all calloused up all the time. Like this guy's a really good ball striker. And the fact that he's putting it really well, at some point that's going to equate to some really good stuff for Alex Norn. Bryce and DeChambeau, thoughts? I don't like him this week. <laughs> uh, what is he doing? I mean, come on. It's just, I, I don't uh, know. I, 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 honestly, I, don't know. So I, I miss him. I miss him. I just miss him around the craziness. Uh, he, the, the weirdos, the crazies are missed. There, there's no debating that, right? We we're talking about this off air before we started. The one thing that live golf has done to the PGA tour is it's taken away all of the polarizing players, Bryson, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Ian Poulter, Brooks Kepka. I, anybody that Sergio Sergio. Oh, I forgot Sergio. Jeez. The most polarizing player of the last 25 years. I, I mean, anybody who's like people watch and they see on their TV, they go, man, I hate that guy. Or, man, I love that everyone hates that guy because I'm going to root for him. It just golf is better with players who inspire passion amongst the masses. And I think the PGA Tour, for all the good things that are going on in the PGA Tour right now, it's really hard to watch on a Sunday afternoon and go, screw Nick Taylor. I want that guy to lose, stupid Canadian. Uh, it just... There's no passion on a player like that. You might like him. You might be from Canada. You might have gone to Washington and rooted for him there. You might like him, but nobody hates him. And so we are left with a full tour of guys that nobody really hates. And that doesn't inspire passion. There's no polarization. And I think that's a a thing that makes the PGA Tour worse. I, I think it's better when you've got some villains, got some heels. Well, Sobel, let's uh, enjoy the tournament. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Great to be back with you. So glad football's over. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.